Well, good morning, Ascent. We have an amazing Sunday planned for you. I got some things I want to say, and I can't wait to start this conversation with you. Before we get started, though, I want to frame our entire morning under two things. We have not left the topic of justice just yet. Why would we? There's a justice that I believe we need to lean into. And as we put on the lens of Jesus, as we look through the lens of the gospel, uh, Jesus' life, there's some things to be said. And so I want to frame it under two things. It's going to be transformed into action. Transformed into action. I bring that up because in the season that we're in right now, Many of the questions that I've been receiving as emails and some of the things that we've gone through as our race reconciliation class is, Maurice, how can I help? What am I supposed to do? These are questions that are needed and we have to hold intention. But before we get to that, I want to address those. But there's some things that I believe it starts from a different place. Maybe the question doesn't start there. Maybe this journey doesn't start in the place of how can I help? I think when we look at Jesus' life and the things that he does and how he moves from the inside out, there's a transformation that I don't want to skip past. An internal transforming power that can only happen by Jesus. And one of my mentors always talks about justice without transformation is just us. It's me and you. It's us and our humanity, which is awesome because we're made in God's image, but there's also some brokenness there. So we need transformation. And as we sit in this moment of being transformed by Jesus, I want us all to think, how am I being transformed? How is my heart being shaped towards justice? Those are questions I want to sit with, I want to wrestle with, because in this moment, As we start our service, it reminds me of a story. Before we get to action, I want to tell you something about transformation first. There's a story of this guy named John Newton. This man was a slave owner way back in the 1700s. He made money, profit, and a businessman off of the backs of the black community, owned slaves, traded slaves all through his life, had this, all, all these things going on in his business and in his life, and he was an advocate of slavery. One day, one time on the ship that he was on, as he was crossing the seas, his life was transformed. He was converted and his life was uh, uh, just one that was, uh, he began to live for Jesus in that moment. And as he transformed more and more, it was a gradual transformation. And towards the end of his life, he was one that renounced slavery and was one that was an advocate of abolishing slavery. Because of God's grace, his life was changed forever. So as we bring justice to this world, my question to all of us as we all sit in this moment, my, not a question, my encouragement would be for us to pause and be transformed by this grace that we speak of. John Newton went on to write a song that many of you probably heard before. I want us to take a listen and sit in this moment around this song that came from a man that was transformed by God's grace. grace. How 
say
nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as shepherd separates the sheep from goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats in his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. This topic of justice, this topic of being uh, with the ones who are marginalized. I, I looked up the synonym for least of these. Some of the things that came up was those who are ignored left out, pushed aside, stepped over. 
some who are forgotten and unheard. These are all synonyms for the least of these. And isn't it interesting that Jesus identifies, associates, embraces this community? Well, it's not interesting at all because this is his life. See, sometimes we don't look at the introduction of Jesus because introductions matter. Introductions mean everything. You've heard it before. First impression is our best impression. I think sometimes during Christmas, Christian world will bring up these sermons around Jesus being born in a manger. And we make these cute little mangers and we set them up on stage and we decorate them. But the way that Jesus entered this world was not one that was decorated and cute and pretty. Introductions matter. I can remember one time that I actually was on this interview and I was introducing myself as I was in, on this interview and trying to get this job. I was on this job interview and uh, I was reporting to two leaders and I was actually on the interview with the two leaders that I was going to report to. And as I was on this interview with the two, with, uh, the two leaders that I was going to report to and we're sitting down and we're having barbecue and we're eating in the middle and uh, we're having, I'm answering these questions and I was answering this one question. It dawned on me that I forgot their names. Oh my goodness. So in the middle, I made the rookie mistake of our conversation, my introduction, my first impression. In the middle of it all, I say, wait a second. Now, which one are you and which one are you? Oh, cringeworthy. Lo and behold, I still got the job and I found myself in Colorado. Yes, that was an interview with Bill and Jim at Lulu's Barbecue in downtown Louisville. And I thought I screwed it up. I thought that was one that I never was going to get back because introductions matter. And when we look at the life of Jesus and how he introduces himself to the world, as we see Jesus's life is not one who comes in on a high horse. He's not one who comes in on high esteem and high status. He actually enters the world through the least of these. He enters the world as one who is the least of these, one who is marginalized, one who is a minority. He enters this world as one who did not have it all together. And as we sit in this moment of justice, as we recognize and we think about the question, how am I supposed to help? What can I do in this moment? What is it that Jesus did? What is it that Jesus is calling us to. See, as we read this scripture in Matthew 25, he gives us this imagery of a king sitting and on this throne and he's calling all of the world to him and he separates left and right and he separates two different groups and he evaluates the group by the ones who are prepared to enter into his kingdoms, the one who is ready to step into a place of wholeness with his kingdom and his evaluation is around justice. His evaluation is simply around those who treated the ones who were left out as ones who were supposed to be in the family of God. As we sit in this moment, Jesus is calling us to him. What is it that we're supposed to do? How are we supposed to sit in this moment? How is our heart's posture supposed to be shaped towards justice? Well, let me tell you this. Jesus is calling us to him. And where can he be found? Where can we see Jesus? On the margins. 
He's given us an invitation. Will we answer the call to the margins? Our hearts are shaped. Our lives are transformed by the margins. Jesus says, I am one of the least of these. And we directly relate our relationship as we relate to justice. How are we responding to justice? Not just justice, but Jesus. And I wonder if our posture towards justice right now, as we know that Jesus is one who would be sitting by the wayside, asking us to be with him, asking us to clothe him. As we see this world, as we see injustice, I wonder if our posture towards Jesus would be one that this is what he sees. Is this a faith that shows our back towards Jesus? Is this a journey where all he sees is our back? And I know it feels uncomfortable. It seems weird that I would sit in this moment with my back turned towards you. It's rude. It's something that we don't do. It's, it's despicable as I turn my back towards you, but yet I'm trying to address you. And I tell you that I care for you, but my back is towards you. I tell you that I love you, but my back is towards you. And for those of us who are Christian, I wonder if we sit in this moment and Jesus is seeing us with our hands raised in worship. Is Jesus seeing us as we give our money, as we get together and find friends and love coming together in community as a church, what is all awesome with our backs towards him? Does Jesus see us going on mission trips? Does Jesus see us in this moment of saying we love you and oh, how we honor you and how amazing grace all the while, our back is towards the least of these. Or is this a moment in this season of our life as justice is something that we lean into? Is this actually a turning moment? See, I believe this is a moment in our world as the church to turn. Have we turned in the season where justice is calling our name, where Jesus, the margins are calling our name? Have we turned? Have we faced the injustice? Have we let our hearts sit in brokenness as we see the plight of those who are not like us and not just sit back, but actually associate, actually move close to, actually embrace ones who are nothing like us? This is a moment to turn. There's actually a word in the Bible called repentance. The simple uh, uh, vocabulary, the simple definition around repent is to turn. And as we think about transform transformation into action, being transformed into action, my question is we as the church, have we repented yet? Or have we decided to be a community that's going to approach justice with our backs? This is a moment to turn. This is a moment for the church to repent, to simply turn. And I believe as we face the justice that Jesus is calling us towards, he is calling us and inviting us to him, which is on the margins. And this is a moment for us to lean into this call that I'm giving all of us in this moment as we look at scripture, as we seek to do justice, let us repent and turn. 
there's going to be many things that we can do, but that's going to happen by way of an organic transformation. This is actually something that I've seen in a friend of mine. Her name is Katie. I got a chance to meet Katie just about a year ago. And she has a story that I believe is helpful to the topic that we're speaking on. A transformation story of transforming into action. I want us to take a listen to this story and I'll come back to you. Well, thank you for joining us today, Katie. Uh, I appreciate you coming. I know I said your name already, but could you fill us in a little bit about who you are and how long you've been coming to Ascent and just bring in the people, just let them know who you are. Sure, so I was actually born right here in Louisville, raised here in Louisville, went to Fairview High School. I've got a mom and a dad and an oh, so older Skull brother. Scone okay. Knights okay. right. who are here <laughs> in Louisville. And went to college at the University of Denver, just down the road. Um, I found Ascent my senior year of high school, started coming to the student ministry here. So and beginning stages. You were right the first year. First year. The wow. First year. And I actually I loved it so much that I decided to do the internship in student ministry here Brave. just this past year. Brave of you. <laughs> Thank you. It was. <laughs> so this past year you've done the internship and um, some of the things that we've been talking about today in today's message is being transformed by the margins. And I immediately thought about you. Um, one of the reasons why is because your life a couple of months ago and your life now are drastically different um, and largely because of what kind of Jesus says is the least of these. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What does that look like? Totally. Bring us into that. So a couple of months ago, I was hanging out with high school and middle school students, watching movies, playing sports, uh, all <laughs> right, of the right. fun stuff, and it was an incredible experience. But now, shift forward a couple of months, I am working with the homeless community in Denver with a company um, as an EMT in treating COVID patients. So my life has changed a lot. Not many people can relate or kind of familiar with the unhoused community. Um, and you've been in play, uh, a person who grew up here. So how, what is that, what is that like? What is the climate like, especially during COVID-19? When COVID hit, I think a lot of us here in the Louisville community felt like our lives were spiraling out of control. We might, some of us lost jobs, yeah. uh, didn't have access to as stable finances as before, um, or our social lives changed a lot. And that was really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but now I'm seeing the houseless community and have been, my mind has been um, broadened because I see a community who doesn't have access to quarantine even. Wow. Who, who has no place to go. They're out on the streets. If they catch COVID, so else, where are they going to yeah, go? So everyone is able to say, let me quarantine, let me stay in my home. And that's, that's, yeah, that's powerful because you're witnessing that's not for everyone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm seeing patients who are recently out of prison and they've got nowhere to go. I'm seeing patients who uh, were trying to open up a business and it got closed because COVID started. I'm seeing patients who were already houseless and, and looking for places and trying to get their lives on track and trying so, so hard, doing all the right things, looking for jobs, applying, um, talking to case managers and are unable to because of this pandemic. And it's heartbreaking. Wow. So it being heartbreaking, um, but yet you were on the phone with me one day and we were talking about this and you mentioned how your heart has been broken primarily because you're in a space where you can no longer ignore. Yeah. Tell us about that. Totally. Uh, growing up in this area, I think 
in a lot of ways, I had incredible privilege I didn't even realize and I'm only now starting to understand. I volunteered with some homeless shelters in Boulder serving the soup kitchen and that was probably a once a month thing for me and I really enjoyed it. I felt like I was making this difference but um, at the end of the day I could hear about these hard things going on in people's lives and I had the choice to either engage with it mentally or to keep working or if things got too hard I could leave. I could back out, um, I could go back to where I was comfortable, but now I don't have that choice anymore. I have to show up for work each day and I have to step into these uncomfortable, painful, traumatic experiences and stories and I, I can't escape the thoughts anymore. Jesus' message as we close this is simply in the invitation to the least of these. Um, and he doesn't really give us an opt out of this moment. Um, and as I hear you as a, as a person who's engaged in that and become proximate to that, even with your heart being broken and you seeing Jesus' message to all of us, uh, what would be your encouragement um, for people who don't go to work in Denver all the time or close to the unhoused community? Um, do we kind of stay here? Do we kind of um, leave it alone? What, what would you say as you see Jesus' message and your life being transformed, what would you say? Say so first off, it, it is really easy to opt out and it's actually a natural thing. So we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace with this um, because when we are exposed to trauma, it's not a natural response to jump in there and try and stay. It's actually a natural response to fight or flight. That's how your brain is wired, is to get out of that situation. But what I would encourage you in is this idea that Jesus does not call us to the comfortable, safety, safe areas. He actually calls us into the uncomfortable areas because that is where radical transformation occurs at the individual level and at the global level as well. Um, actually, trauma, one of the things that I learned during my job training is that trauma can only be healed in the presence of safe relationship, which takes time, it takes us stepping into the uncomfortable, getting to know people who are marginalized, and actually doing, letting ourselves experience that pain, experience that bitterness, that anger, whatever emotions come, and not running from them, stay, staying when we have the choice to run. I hear Katie's story, and I can't help but think how she's being shaped by the margins being shaped from the inside out. She's being transformed into action. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's not something that just radically happens. But as we wrestle with the question, how can I help? We see not only in her life, in John Newton's life, but we see in scripture that our lives are evaluated by our posture towards justice, towards those who are marginalized. And my takeaway, my hope as your takeaway, my encouragement would be as we sit in this moment, let us think about some of those scriptures of how we're being shaped. Because when we look at the Bible, when we look at this text that we hold dearly, it does nothing but continue to move close and proximate towards suffering and bring heaven towards that moment, to bring heaven on earth, to bring justice and wholeness. And that's exactly what we see because our lives are evaluated by that. Not only in Matthew 25, but we see in James 1, 27. 
A pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans and widows. Acts 3 verse 1 through 10 says this, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man who was lame from birth was being carried in each day. Verse three says this, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And the Bible goes on to say in this moment, Peter and John, as everyone's walking past this man, they stop and they turn towards this man who was left out and ignored. We see it in Matthew 25. We see it in John, uh, excuse me, Isaiah 1, 17. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of the orphan, fight for the rights of the widows. It is littered throughout scripture because it is Jesus's heart that we become one with those who are the least of these. Because if we remember correctly, all of us, are the least of these. See, it was exactly Jesus's mission to come to earth to liberate us who were spiritually naked, spiritually thirsty, spiritually in prison, spiritually a stranger. And as he drew close to us and identified with the least of these, no matter a race, no matter what your background, socioeconomic status, all of us in some way, some fashion are the least of these. And what Jesus did was he meant justice. He did justice. He said, do justice. That's exactly what he did in saving us and coming and being in relationship with us. And now he says, let us do that for the others. See, it's all about bringing heaven on earth. My question to us would be, are we bringing heaven to this earth? Are we praying for heaven? to be on earth. It's all about what heaven looks like with the moment we recognize and come in reconciliation with Jesus. And that's what this next song is gonna be about. It talks about that day, that day when we enter in, that day when it's all over, it's all said and done. There's gonna be a day. I want you to sit in this moment and listen to these words, sit in your spirit. Because we see injustice now, but there's going to be a day where there is no more. And that's worth rejoicing over. I try to hold on to this world with everything I have. But I fear the weight of what it brings and the hurt that tries to grab. And any trials that seem to never end, his word declares the truth and we will enter in his rest. The wonders are new, but I hold on to this hope and the promise He brings that there will be a place with no more suffering. There will be a day with no more tears, no more pain, no more fears. There will be a day with the burdens of this place. Face to face, but until 
Well, hey, Ascent, it is so good to be with you guys this morning. Thank you for joining us virtually. Thanks for joining us where you are. You know, I love that this has always been a church that is doing that internal work that transforms us into action. It, you have made Ascent a place that is defined by generosity. And I want you guys to know, you know, we have an incredible partnership with the BBSD schools in the area. Uh, so much so that we can ask them, hey, what do you need? We have a church that wants to do, that wants to take action to help. And so we asked them and, and, and they told us this, they're actually uh, doing a personal hygiene drive uh, where they're trying to gather anything that you would call personal hygiene. That could be shampoo, it could be a toothbrush or dental floss, it could be hand sanitizer, you know, anything that would be personal hygiene. And, and they've asked that if we could collect those things, and if you want to take action, grab something like that at the store and swing by Ascent anytime the rest of this month. We're going to have bins out there collecting them, and all the hygiene products that we gather are going to be given to families that are connected to the Lafayette schools. This is a great way for us to take action. And for those of you that have been investing into just the ministry of this church, the ways that we try to bless, we want to thank you and invite you to continue to do so. We have a couple ways that you can give that, uh, that, that basically go to anything that we can do to help our communities. Um, you can text in to give. You can give online. There's a button on your screen that says giving. If you click that, it'll take you there. But for all of you, we just want to thank you for the ways that you have partnered in to making a huge change in our city. And we'll see you guys next week on Sunday.